Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once-forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 59. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Well, a little sad that my Chiefs lost, but... Yeah, the hammer uh, wasn't too hot on those predictions, was he? I mean, actually, I'm not... The... No, he had a very bad week of predictions, and usually he's very good. Yeah, I was... Uh, I, I had a good chuckle when I looked at some of the scores yesterday. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was a horrible weekend for his predictions. But I will tell you that it was it, it's a very nice experience to go, you know, and you have the stealth flying over the stadium and the national anthem. I didn't see anybody kneel. Oh, good. But they had a flag that could cover the covered the whole field. Wow. And we were lucky enough to be on the first row. So I don't know if I would have been able to see it. So I don't want to say no one kneeled. All I can say is I didn't see it. Right. But I tell you what, I know this sounds psychotic, but when I go to a big game like that and they play the national anthem and they have the military fly overhead and whatever they're going to, it brings tears to my eyes every time. Oh, wow. I mean, I am honestly in tears because we are lucky. You know, anybody that lives in in the United States or Canada, we are are very lucky. lucky. I mean, we don't have to worry about a lot of things. For sure. And, you know, I really care about that. Obviously. We we need water. We turn on a tap. We don't have to walk five miles, you know, to get it. Yeah. And there's checks and balances for almost everything. Like you say, like your water. You know, somebody comes around and tests our water. Yeah. Make sure it's safe. Yeah. We don't have to worry about those little things that are big. They're not really little, are they? No. But no. we we are very lucky. And when I when I go to those and I hear people, a whole crowd stand up to the anthem, that's what it means. Right. You know, it's very hard for me to make it mean something else. Well, what do we got for today? Well, I have been listening to Fire and Fury. Oh, yes. The Bannon book. the Trump White House. Yeah, the Bannon book written by Michael, Michael Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. And truthfully, the first three chapters, it made me think, okay, this is really Bannon's book. In normal Under normal circumstances, Michael Wolf would be the ghostwriter. Right. But because Bannon really wouldn't put his name on it, Michael Wolf is, is putting his name on it, but it's really Bannon's book. Guess what? What? You get to about chapter four and everything changes. Oh, interesting. And you talk about Michael Wolf turning into Steve Bannon's worst backstabber. That's exactly what happened. Now, I keep hearing everybody talk about this on TV and talk about this crazy stuff that I believe you even said last week, you know, was just, I don't know, just a bunch of 
crap. So basically you're telling me nobody's read the book past chapter three then. That's exactly what I'm telling you because <laughs> then it becomes an interesting book. Wow. Oh, so it, it it's at the beginning of the book. So it's definitely, uh, I've put this here to sell books. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes, yes. This, you know, and, and another interesting thing, just to back up a little bit, I like I said, I got the book on audio because if I just sit around and, and read books, my bottom gets too wide. So <laughs> I have to have them on audio so I can keep moving all the time. Right. But nevertheless, Michael Wolf reads the, you know, preface for, right. and then it he doesn't do it. The audio is performed by someone else. I can tell you who, but it really wouldn't matter. It's just somebody that reads. Just does that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, the, Michael Wolf is a guy that's been on TV a lot, a right. lot over the weekend, and has a good voice. Why would he, in this situation, not narrate his own book? Huh. Good question. Maybe he's going to put out another version. I don't know, because, you know, they decided at the last minute, the publisher did, because of the cease and desist order last Thursday, they decided to go ahead and put the book out on Friday. So Friday at 9 a.m., they also had the audio ready. Oh, so maybe yeah. Michael Wolf didn't have, uh, you know, enough time to read it, possibly. I don't know. You know that could be true. That maybe be he true. didn't read his own book. You know, there's there's <laughs> something about what he does in here that makes me wonder if he could have read it. Huh, interesting. You know, because there's sort of, I don't know, you've written. Yeah. When you go back and read what you've written, especially out loud to other people, there is a, you're burying yourself. Yeah. From the inside. It's a very difficult thing to do, especially the first time you do it. First time I did it, you know, especially as an adult, my voice cracked. Something fierce. And mm. and the, the moderator said, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. This hasn't happened before. <laughs> you know, right. it's it, it is. It's like you're burying your soul, even if it's fiction. Right. What I was reading was fiction and, and it was I branded it fiction. So the fact that he didn't read it as interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. But what I find most interesting is Steve Bannon. The picture he paints of Steve Bannon should be the barometer at which we judge the rest of the book. Because <sighs> Everybody says stuff about Trump. Right. I mean, I could sit anywhere in New York or D.C. and write down things that people say about Trump or have a little recorder on me. And believe me, I've been in Manhattan and, and they say nothing nice about it. Right. You know, how much of it is true or not? I really don't know. And most of it is sort of like you were saying last week. Do we really care? I mean, yeah, it has nothing is, to do with what anything. is it going to change? What's the in point? our life? Yeah. You know, right. at one point he said that in her early 20s, Ivanka spoke like a valley girl. And somewhere between her early 20s and her, I don't know, 30s, when she became, you know, this fashion mongol and she had her own company and she and Jared began dating and, you know, forming this personal relationship, but that also had, you know, fringe real estate benefits with the two families. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there's definitely some other issues. He said that her voice became more like a Disney princess. 
Well, she grew up. Yeah. Okay. She grew up. But is that who news? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that news? Well, just that a fact? And really, what's that even say about her? Nothing. See, you know, it's almost yeah. like, okay, well, maybe she went to finishing school and they taught her to be a lady and talk without raising her voice. And it's a very society thing. Yeah. But who really gives a shit? Exactly. There is a whole lot of stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, in fact, yeah. lots of it. Sounds and, like, uh, you know, the whole Russian collusion thing. The, the what? what? Yeah. Get, get to your point. Like, let's see it. Or get yeah. off the pot. Well, yeah. I think most of us, especially that are on the right, conservatives, we viewed Steve Bannon as sort of a, you know, an Ernest Hemingway kind of guy. Yeah, you know, artsy, he gets busy, yeah. he's working, he might forget to shower. Yeah. If he showers, he probably forgets to put on the old D.O.D.O. Yeah. And we're uh, okay with like that. that. We don't like it, but we're okay with that because he's brilliant. He's an eccentric. He's going to take us places we've never been, but we want to go. Right. Yet Michael Wolf paints him as something totally different, hmm. as a fraud. Wow. In my mind, as Michael Wolf describes this man that I, I thought was brilliant, all I can think about is Jay Gatsby, because Jay Gatsby, the great Gatsby, you know, made thousands, maybe millions of people believe something about him that wasn't true. Now, you got to remember, Jay Gatsby pulled this off in 1922. There wasn't right. an internet, you know. Now we vet people, we, you know, cyber stalk people, we, there are no secrets. Check their wiki page. Exactly. So, <laughs> but he painted him as a Jay Gatsby that just failed to learn to manipulate currency and credit. So it wasn't that much fun. So basically what Michael Wolf says in print is that everything Bannon has done has been a failure. Oh, interesting. And that basically he came in to the Republican Party or actually to the conservative branch that's a little bit anti-establishment anyway. Right. And made them believe something that isn't true. According to Michael Wolf, he doesn't even know how to use a computer. <laughs> wow. Now, how in the hell did he work at, or still does, at Breitbart News? Yeah. I'm just going to say Breitbart is not, it's not even a printed publication. It only exists online. Online. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting question. They allow he, him to submit on toilet paper and felt pen, I guess. I don't know. I guess he is, he has convinced them that his work is so worthy that you're right. He can write it on toilet paper and they'll make sure it gets online. I keep trying to do that with you and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how to use a computer. Yeah, a I I don't know. I mean, that's that's interesting. That's okay. a side we haven't heard before. That's for sure. No, but it's a fascinating. It'd make a fascinating fictional story or a fascinating kind of Great Gatsby kind of story. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is fascinating to me, and I, I'm in awe. If this is true, I think you've got to question if Michael Wolf's depiction of Steve Bannon is not true, then nothing is true. <laughs> yeah, you, what do you, you believe? You basically got to go, you can't go, oh, well, he said it right about Trump, but not Steve Bannon. Yeah. So, of course, Steve Bannon came out last night and said he was sorry about this book. He didn't mm. say he was sorry, he regretted this tell-all right. book. Well, he probably finally read 
Chapter four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest of the media world hasn't caught up to you yet. It's, I, I find this really funny that the it tables turn on Bannon. Fascinating. Okay, so we do know that Steve Bannon served in the um, Navy. He was for seven years in the late 70s and 80s serving on the destroyer, the USS Paul F. Foster. Okay. He was a lieutenant. So he basically, Michael Wolf says that this was, in effect, a failure. <laughs> and I'm going to go, I don't really think lieutenant as failure, but he may have a point if Bannon painted a bigger picture of himself later on. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So at some point in his career, he begins to serve as a basically a writer at the Pentagon, <laughs> you know. Just basically writing reports, explaining things on paper. I guess that was probably in the late 80s. He didn't, I guess he did it on a typewriter. I don't know what he did it on. I'm still skeptical about him. Really, he can't use a computer. But according to this, everything he does is on paper and whiteboards. He covers any room he's in and those dry erase whiteboards. So (laughs) at least a moment. We will pretend that's true. While he was at the Pentagon, he did go to Georgetown, and he got a master's degree in business administration. His bachelor's science degree came from uh, Virginia Tech. Okay, later, he went on to Harvard. Now, if you ask me, when you go to Harvard, that's not really complete failure. Yeah, yeah. How is he a complete failure? Seriously, if you went to Harvard? I don't know. Yeah. I, I do believe if you keep going to that pool, though, that's another story for another day. You, you can't expect to get something different because basically you keep getting the same thing. If you go to the Ivy Leagues and, you know, Georgetown, you know, you're getting the same thing. Right, left, you know, it's getting old. Why not get somebody that graduated from St. Olaf University or something? Let's just see what they got to say. But. I just don't agree with Michael Wolf that that's a failure. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. I agree with you, definitely. Now, after all of this, according to the wiki, his wiki page, he was deployed in the Persian Gulf to assist with Operation Eagle Claw. Now, that would have been part of the first Iran hostage crisis. It was probably one of the biggest failures we've had. It failed miserably, you know. Up until then, we always said we had won every war. We had, you know, and the only reason they could do that is because Vietnam was not really a war. It was a police state, you know, but they still continued to say that. He was a very strong Reaganite. We already know that. After the September 11 attacks, he became more of an admirer of Reagan. Hmm. I guess sort of believing that under Reagan, this wouldn't have happened. And he saw George Bush as no better than Carter and the failed attempt at the Iranian hostage situation. Okay, so after that, he goes to Goldman Sachs, becomes an investment banker. And according to Michael Wolf, he was no more than he was no more than a staffer. According to the wiki page, he left with the title of vice president. I do know that vice presidents at banks, sometimes they they name a lot of people vice presidents and throw out a salary raise. But still, I think he was more than a staffer. I'd say. Yeah. Okay, in 1990, Bannon launched a company called Bannon and Company. It was a boutique 
investment bank that specialized in loans to media. Mm. Um, he did a very huge deal with Westinghouse Electric's Castle Rock Entertainment. He negotiated the sale of Castle Rock to CNN, which at that time was owned by Ted Turner. Right. I see nothing that suggests that that deal didn't go down. But according to Michael Wolf, he failed miserably. Wow. Okay. okay. He also, instead of taking a full advisor's fee, he took part of the money in a financial stake in some television shows. One of those television shows was Seinfeld. <laughs> now, according okay. to his wiki page, excuse me, he gets a residual every time Seinfeld is aired. Uh. Okay. That is not failure to me. However, Michael Wolf says that that's untrue, hmm. that he does not have that stake in Seinfeld. Wow. Okay. He, hmm. according to his wiki page... In 1998, he sold Bannon & Company to Associate General, I mean, for a purchase price. I don't know what the purchase price was, but he sold it. Right. He, didn't, he didn't close the company up without a buyer. And believe me, I don't want to be defending Bannon. What I am defending is the truth. Right. Okay? It goes right. on to Earth Sciences. He became part as acting director of Earth Science Research Project, Biosphere 2, in Oracle, Arizona. Oh, okay, that was a failure. <laughs> pollution and climate change. Yeah. That was a failure, and I believe it really was a failure. Yeah, that Although failed horribly. Although on the page, it does not say that it failed. So I'm just throwing this out there. We don't yeah. know exactly. So then he went into full-fledged went into the entertainment and media business. He, specifically Hollywood film, he produced 18 films from the 1991 Sean, uh, Sean Penn drama, The Indian Runner, to Julia Julie Tamer's 1990 film, Titus. Okay. Now, according to Michael Wolf, every single one of these failed miserably and that they ended up in court and litigation. Wow. He didn't okay. say what happened in litigation. When you're in a lot of different kinds of businesses, you're always going to be in litigation in the United States of America. We've discussed that before because here you just sue, you know, yeah. and, and it doesn't mean you lose. It doesn't mean you win. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just right. means that somebody disagrees with you or wants to get a buck. Yeah. And, you know, lawyers get paid. Yeah. Okay. Now, in 2006, <laughs> oh, yeah, they get paid first. <laughs> Bannon persuaded Goldman Sachs, his old employer, that, you know, he might have been, according to Michael Wolf, just a staffer act. Nevertheless, the little staffer convinced them in 2006 in investing in internet gaming entertainment. Now, that did end up in a lawsuit, but that's really not over. That's the gaming where they bet on games. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Rupert Murdoch invested a lot of money in that too. Okay. Right. That's not over. I think they will win. Bannon was the chair and CEO of Affinity Media. Okay. It goes on and on. But he eventually he goes into media and he works his way into Breitbart News. Okay. Breitbart News is the product of Andrew Breitbart, and he is much beloved. He died early of a heart attack from a strange heart disorder. To be honest, I don't get it. And that's really all I'm going to say about Andrew Breitbart. Okay, I just don't get how he was brilliant, not cuckoo. But maybe there's something I don't understand. 
I, I haven't spent tons of time on Andrew Breitbart. Yeah, Nevertheless, his media conglomeration there has found an audience. Now, not only has it found an audience, it found a billionaire investor, yeah. being the Mercer family, particularly Rebecca Mercer. You know, and I know, you can make a little money on an online publication with advertising. But it's yeah. going to be a little money, okay? You can make better money when you get sponsors. But when you get an investor that wants the platform, you're making it. Because then you've got lots of travel money. You know, the money's there. Right. Okay. They want the platform because they believe in capitalism. Now, this doesn't work for left wing. Left wing operations do not do this. Okay. Yeah. Because this is about capitalism. So you have the Mercers that invested money with Breitbart, for example. Uh, Laura Ingram's life set is TB and Pickens. You know, we could go on and on. But Bannon worked his way into this group by being this populist. He really had no political experience. He really does not understand government. This, according to Michael Wolf, and that's the one thing that I believe may, may be true. But Michael Wolf says that Steve Bannon gauges how well he does by how much it upsets the other side. <laughs> now, we know that that's what Rush Limbaugh does. Yeah. That's what Sean Hannity does. Okay. The more the left gets upset, yeah. they've done great. They've done a good job. That's really kind of how you make it in this. Right. Make it big. Because people love controversy. Yeah. Otherwise, life is boring. So basically, he goes into Bannon's time at the White House. He says things that are so ludicrous at times. Um, first of all, he does claim basically that Bannon was a leaker to anybody that, you know, he's the big leaker. And that may or may not be true. He said that Bannon was everybody's deep throat. <laughs> Drawing that connection between this and Watergate, which we know the left does like to do. The one thing he says that is really absurd is he said, Bannon and Kushner were joined at the hip. Why would they be joined at the hip? I mean, they are both on the other side of the spectrum. Huh. You know, yeah. Jared and Ivanka are Democrats, and they're not really centrist or Democrats. They're they're pretty far left. Maybe not quite progressive, but once in a while they step into that progressive territory, like Obama. Bannon calls himself a white nationalist, according to Michael Wolf. I think most people, like me, do not see populism synonymous with white nationalists. Populism is what brought us Brexit. Right. I think most conservatives see populism as leave my religion out of politics, but don't make it to where I can't have it. Exactly. Let me have my religion, but stay out of it. Let's don't talk about abortion, you know? Yeah. Let's keep capitalism. It's not about racism. It's about being a little right of center. It's a movement that really defies partisan politics. Yeah. So if Bannon truly is that right, white nationalist, why would Jared Kushner, a Jew, be hanging out with him? Yeah, and not only a Jew, sense. a Democrat. Yeah, interesting. Oh, it goes on and on. And I mean, this won't be the last time we talk about this. No. Because, you know, there is a Bannon mania out there. Yeah, that's I mean, that's crazy. 
I mean, now I I have no idea what to. Not that it matters because I don't it, either. None of this really matters in in the big picture. Who cares? No, it it's doesn't. Still I nothing. Mean, in fact, you know, it, this is holding a little longer than it should. And most books, you know, when I think it was one of one of the cabinet members left Bush's office and wrote a book, you know, and for three days that was just crazy. I mean, he wrote a book that was not. Exactly positive. It did not paint a positive picture of the Bush White House. You know, about three days. It came probably came out Wednesday, Thursday. By Monday, nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. Right. This one's got a little more staying power. And for one thing, it's long. The other thing is the the liberal media wants it to stay out there. But I have noticed with our stories and our hashtags, the people are also interested in this because he has become sort of a character. Yeah. Love him or hate him. He is a character. The unshaven, probably unshowered. I mean, the guy, does he make money or doesn't he make money? Now, there, there's there's also yeah, word I'm out not there sure that he gets at least 80000 a year from a, a charity that he's on the board of. And I, and I think that is controversial. You know, and the Seinfeld thing, I don't know, is that true or not? And he sold some stuff. Now, he's had three wives. That can sometimes take guys. <laughs> yeah. But he bunks out in the Breitbart office slash apartment they rent in D.C. to run Breitbart. Wow. So he, you know, hasn't really created home anyplace, right. according to Michael Wolf. I mean, according to Michael Wolf, he is... This great pretender, but isn't very good at it. I don't. I'm not sure what to believe anymore. I'm not either. It's it's perplexing. It's interesting. It uh, is. It's just downright fascinating. Yeah. Well, I would have to agree with you there. Yep. And we don't always agree, but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening, everyone. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.